Um, may I help you? Yes. How may I help you? You can start by wiping that fucking dumbass smile off your rosy fucking cheeks. Then you can give me a fucking automobile, a fucking Datsun, a fucking Toyota, a fucking Mustang, a fucking Buick, four fucking wheels and a seat. I really don't care for the way you're speaking to me. And I really don't care for the way your company left me in the middle of fucking nowhere with fucking keys to a fucking car that isn't fucking there. And I really didn't care to fucking walk down a fucking highway and across a fucking runway to get back here to have you smile in my fucking face. I want a fucking car right fucking now. May I see your rental agreement? I threw it away. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, what? You're fucked. <laughs> oh, boy, we can all relate to that. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is more relevant than ever. <laughs> it's one of the all-time <laughs> The way the rental car oh, companies are functioning Jesus. right now. So, it's yeah. one of the all-time greats. Um, you know, when Jess and I went to Hawaii, they upgraded us for free to a Mustang. Nice. And my seatbelt didn't work. And the, <laughs> what? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Back up. There's honestly <laughs> well, only one part on, of a car that on. Is yeah, needs to work. Important. No, so, and- so just so we're clear, it's not that it, I couldn't buckle it. It would never retract back in. Like when, <laughs> so when you get out everywhere you valet, you could only tuck it behind you and watch Jesus them kind of, uh, you know, roll their eyes. And then also, Presumably this is a new car, yeah, you know, I mean, a year yeah, old, a couple years, years old, yeah. couple years. Oh and then God. also the um, the window uh, uh, on my side sort of continuously just slightly would go down and up. There was an electrical <laughs> issue. So we had a great time in Hawaii, but uh, I the hate car rental is not the greatest thing. <laughs> anyway, we figured that would be appropriate for uh, coming up on the That's holidays. Hilarious. A lot of people traveling, a lot of frustration. That's one of the this all-time is, greats from planes, trains, yeah. and automobiles. Um, I love Steve Martin. He's uh, Yeah, 100%. He's Did you finish um, – only murders in the building. Yes, and I would like to talk to you about it today. Yeah, if you've we seen should it. at the end of or in yeah. in our uh, TV, TV section. For yeah, sure. but um, yeah. yeah, a lot of great. I mean, we we've been away for a while. I've been working a bit, and uh, I just I don't have a, a shitload of notes, but I have a few movies that we should definitely talk about that I know we've seen, and um, I think the biggest thing b- before we skip over it is like we just passed halloween we wanted to do a halloween movie yeah. episode and i just couldn't get the time together couldn't make it happen um, but like what did you watch over the halloween time uh and it's okay if it's an old you know yeah thing, yeah, yeah. But what no, were your halloween movies we, we went on a real run man we tried to um nice. sort of get in the spirit and everything else um i we went to the theaters to see the new venom which is not necessarily cool. a Halloween movie, yeah, but you know it's kind of in the spirit uh, adjacent, of that. Yeah. And the, I'll just say once again, I said the exact same thing with the first Venom. These movies shouldn't work. No, um, they're not a good idea. They're not. Um, they're, they're, they're not objectively good. Yeah, and and they're they're like the stupid studio idea of like trying to milk something out of you know what I mean. Like right. this has its own movie, and yet they both work. They're, they they're both, both work for different kind of reasons, yeah. though. And yeah. this second one was so short. 
so quick, so short. tight, and moves. Um, and I, I enjoyed that. And then the fact that it's like such a small story. It's yeah. like a love very story. Simple. Very weird love Did story. Did you stay through the credits on um Um yes. I'm oh yeah, there's a there's a tie-in. Yeah, yeah. without giving away what the tie-in is, yeah, there's a tie-in yeah. to so the rest of the So there's something at the end of that if universe, you check it out. Yeah. Which I guess they're doing kind of across the board at this point. Yeah, might um, as well. We we had, I had never seen uh the Happy Death Day movies. Oh, I didn't see those either. Watched yeah. both of those. Cool. Once again, just better than they should have been. <laughs> really? um, I don't, you know, it's just one of the. I mean, it's just Groundhog Day, right. In the horror setting, and they acknowledge that during the movie. Um, but uh, they were both uh, actually a lot of fun uh, to watch. Um, right. We did um, a couple old ones. Uh, when a stranger calls, which is like a classic old horror film from sure. the seventies that I had just never gotten around to. And also the changeling, which is a haunted house movie uh-huh. um, with George C. Scott. Um, both good. I never had seen midsummer. No shit. So I watched that. And what do you think? I, you know, that was just very disturbing. Sure. Um, good word. It's not my kind of yeah, flick. Me neither. Yeah. Um, I thought it was well done. I thought uh, Florence was great. Yeah. I mean, always. she's, she's so outstanding. Everybody was good. I guess in comparison to hereditary, because those are his two. See, I haven't seen Hereditary. Oh shit! Okay, yeah. Well, so, you should see Hereditary. Yeah, no, I know, I know. I think most people would put uh, Hereditary up there, uh, you know, above Midsummer. Midsummer is right. kind right. of an interesting thing because it it's so bright and it's it's yeah. just yeah, it's it's a jarring movie that doesn't really. Um, I don't know. Hereditary is dark and it's very kind of horror esque. Uh, and it's very uh, the third act is very horror esque. Yeah, it's, yeah. It and then I've Midsummer heard. is like the polar. You know, it's just kind of. I think he deliberately made something that was that was so uh, opposite. And right, right. I don't know. It just didn't work. Like you say, it didn't work for me. I didn't like. Well, Midsummer, there are really. two. Uh, there are two th- thoughts that I had. Um, first of all, I'm not the audience for this, so you know, take, <laughs> take it with a grain sure, of salt. Yeah. Like I'm never going to be like a huge fan of this stuff, even if it's well done. But. Um, one, if you've seen not the Nick Cage remake, but if you've seen the oh, original Wicker, Wicker Man, Man. Yeah. I mean, this is essentially yeah. the same idea. I mean, right. you're going to these sort of pagan, you know, kind of pre this little pocket of civilization that still exists that, you know, and it's and there's something that's very, very frightening on like a base level, right? Of any of us like finding something like that and being you know, not being able to get away. Right. Yep. I think the other couple in the story, when they just kind of vanish, I think that was probably the most alarming moment to me. I mm-hmm. knew that was going to happen, but that was probably the scariest part to me. Um, so that was one thing. The other thing is I do think we've talked about this before, but horror mostly now is about like jump scares, which are scary, but anyone can do like, if you pull in that musical cue mm-hmm. and you have that low angle, you know, and then someone appears, um, it's, it's always going to affect you. But Sort of establishing like a disturbing tone, mm-hmm. as much as I, you know, not I don't love movies like that, but it made me think of you know sort of the seventies, which to me was kind of the the period for you know like a Texas Some Chainsaw ma- yeah. massacre. There, yeah. There's not even that much blood or gore in that, like you think there is, right? But it's more just about there's something about the feeling of that film and kind of what they capture in those movies that is you have to give them credit because I do think they achieve something. But I also don't want to visit it very often, you know. That and that's kind of. I mean, Midsummer was sort of like that. Like you said, it was bright. It wasn't like a, 
it was sort of in the sunshine the entire time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was kind of weird. But it, but it definitely was disturbing. Do me, me a favor. Watch. Um, I know I mentioned it recently, but watch the Night House. I assume you yeah. haven't watched that yet, or you talked to me about it. I have not. Check it out that because yet. Rebecca Hall's so fantastic. But it's just it feels to me uh, underrated in okay. that it's a very tone based kind of psychological movie. Okay. Um, and it, uh, yeah, I think it. I just wish there were more movies like that. That's kind of what I left with is that right, even though I didn't right. like absolutely love it, I just was like, I really respect what they were going for right. and that it got made at all. You gotcha. Know? Gotcha. Um, anyways, yeah. well, I'll rattle off a couple more yeah, and then yeah. we'll get out of the Halloween stuff. Cause uh, I'll tell you about passed, a couple also. But, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, we, we actually watched, um, I don't know if you ever saw the original 1931 Dracula. The no, Bela Lugosi. No. So I just had never seen it. I had seen it, but we actually were able to find, um, the, at the time they shot that movie, one of the most unique things about it to me is in the day they were shooting the English version Dracula, at night they were shooting the Spanish-speaking version Dracula on the same sets with Whoa, really? really the same costumes and designs. That's wild. And it's interesting to me because, look, they're, they're old, these are 30s movies, so sure. you either can watch one or you don't, and that's fine either way. But if you do, what's interesting about that is that um, they they you see – two movies that are literally existing with the same script on the same set with the same design, but how they are different, right? It's two right. different directors interpreting the same thing. So that's that was interesting yeah. for me knowing the 31 version. I don't know if Jess got anything out of it. She just enjoyed kind of this old class. She had never seen the classic Dracula right. story. So I think she just enjoyed that, but that was, it's just an interesting case study. If you ever get a chance and you've got the time, yeah, that's very you want to watch both of those. It's interesting to watch them. I wish we could have watched them back to back. Um, the other one that I showed her was, uh, Bill Paxson's, uh, directorial debut might have been the only movie ever directed called Frailty. Did you ever see this movie? I know of Frailty. That's with um, McConaughey. Uh, who's the woman in that? Um, oh, maybe I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, you I'm might be. Of something else. You might be. Um, Frailty. Yeah, no, I don't think I've ever seen it. It's one of those little. Again, I think it's kind of a hidden gem. It's one of those early 2000s, maybe late 90s, early 2000s movies um, that. No one really remembers, but it is it is pretty creepy, in my opinion, pretty well done. Sure. Um, it it's all revolves around a family, and the father thinks he's seen a vision, and they have to destroy demons. And it's not really clear whether that's true or whether he has lost his mind. Uh -huh. And he's pulling his children into doing this as well, because sure. that's what God's want, God wants. So it's one of those ones in a much darker, kind of scary way. I guess it's similar to kind of even like a Boondock Saints. It's nothing like that in terms of, you know, tone and things like that but in terms of just the idea of wait so we're killing is that you know we're killing in the name of god or is everybody good with that or is are we still a little you know put off by that so sure. i really love that movie i don't know if anybody else has seen frailty but um definitely worth checking out and then did you ever watch uh vivarian or vivarian the one about the houses the couple that goes to the houses it's um imogen uh poots and no, jesse eisenberg i don't think i know what this is they're a young couple. This is another one that was just very, very disturbing. How many years ago is this? Got to uh, be pretty new. It's maybe a yeah, maybe a year old. Oh no! Um, it, it was on. Um, I can't remember if it was on Amazon. I think it was on Amazon Prime. Okay, it's still there. Right. Um, maybe a little late now in the season to watch, but um, it's a couple and they go looking for a house. And when they pull into their very suburban neighborhood where everything looks the same and it's all cookie cutter houses, the guy showing them the house is very bizarre, very very strange, and they're just kind of poking fun at him. They're like, oh, "All right, this guy's a weirdo." Um, and as they go to leave the house, he's gone, and they cannot get out of the neighborhood. 
um, no matter where they turn or where they go. And early on, they're kind of joking, but they're a little, you know, anxious. And then before long, they realize no matter what, they're going to pull back around to their house, no matter how often they try to leave. So every morning they find another box of like food and stuff to keep them alive. And one day a child is delivered there. Wow. Um, and essentially that's all I'll tell you, but yeah, yeah. They, you know, it's just them stuck there and sort of this study that sounds on, something like something I'd really it be is into. It's horrific, so. but and it I is like, really well uh, done. Imogen Poots a lot. And, She's great in it. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg's great in it. Usually um, pretty good. Yeah. So anyway, worth checking out if you want kind of a, a scare sure. uh, and a, and a, um, uncomfortable one. And then, uh, the only other one I'll mention, we found an old, um, uh, an older, I guess it's just the seventies, but an older flick called theater of blood. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. It's no. Vincent Price. So it's Vincent Price and it's – oh, God. Now I'm going to blank on her name. Um, the James Bond's one and only wife uh, who is in Game of Thrones. What is that? Oh, uh, Diana Rigg. Diana Rigg. Yeah, sure. She's his daughter. And the only reason I mention it, it is a hokey – it's kind of uber violent, but it's also kind of hokey movie. But the premise is an actor who believes he's the greatest actor of all time uh, enacts his revenge on uh, a set of uh, theater critics – who have thrown him under the bus mm-hmm. and like destroyed his reputation. That's the premise. And it's just him hunting them down one by yeah, one. Yeah. It's actually super fun. And they lean into it. Clearly Vincent Price is having a good, uh, good time with the idea that um, an actor who feels so slighted okay. Okay. that he's going to murder <laughs> the, you know, one by one, these critics who, how dare they um, right. not understand what he was doing. So that was kind of our run of uh, sort of horror, you know, uh, Halloween stuff. Uh, what did you watch? That's pretty cool. Uh, I didn't get around to much, but we, as the movie watching group that I'm a part of on Fridays, uh, got, uh, we're still finishing our horror group from oh, this yeah. year, yeah, yeah. our horror run. And so a couple that we have watched recently and a couple coming up. Um, have you ever seen the abominable Dr. Fibes? No, that's also no. Vincent Price. And, yeah. and, uh, Gabe, I've heard of it. one of our guys in the group, uh, Gabe, uh, recommended it. And then we watched it and it turned out there was a sequel because we were like, that was really fun. Oh, there's a sequel. Holy shit. Uh, we should watch that also. And I didn't get around to watching the sequel yet, but, um, I would recommend that because it's so crazy. It's really, uh, an interesting story. Okay. Um, at the same time, it's hokey. Uh, it's very hokey. And, uh, you know, it's probably like 1970 it came out, give or take. Okay. Okay. Um, we watched Dawn of the Dead because we had watched Night of the Living Dead last year. The original. Year. The original yeah, Dawn so of the Dead. Dawn okay. of the Dead, yeah. uh, you know, the Romero one. Uh, and I didn't know anything about it. Um, and so we watched that on Friday a couple nights ago. That was uh, interesting. I mean, Romero's good at this stuff. And obviously yeah. it's he's a very ground. Yeah, he's the he's the guy. And having it pretty much all take place in this mall is very fun and interesting. And he has a lot of fun with that. But at the same time, Night of the Living Dead was so, I felt like, significant and um, like tonally serious. Yeah. But also um, engaging. Like it didn't, there wasn't much to it. There's so, it's such a small movie, yet you're kind of just glued to it. And I thought the characters were really well written and really right. well performed in Night of the Living Dead. I think you get to Dawn of the Dead, and it's like couldn't be more opposite. Everyone's yeah. a corny yeah. cornball, and the performances <laughs> yeah. are not good. And the, the the you know it's a big kind of budget. They you know they're doing all kinds of crazy shit in this mall, and there's a helicopter throughout the whole right. movie, and you're just like this is this is a big swing for yeah. him. And then at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but it's missing the the weight of the first right, one. Right. 
Um, and I guess that's on purpose. Well, the first one's a masterpiece. You're coming to the same conclusion that I have yeah. come to, and also that I think a lot of people. You're not alone in this. Okay. So the now they're all beloved. Sure. But yeah. yeah, the second one they really truly are. Okay, we have a chance for a sequel. Let's do something totally different. Yeah, I mean, like, in no way it doesn't even share the same DNA. No, no. I mean, even in the way that you, the zombies are the same, they're still moving slow. Yada yada. You still kill them the same way, but it's bright color. I mean, like, when you think of the first Night of the Living Dead, part of the horror of it, this sort of dark in the shadows, underlit, black and white film. Yeah. And like you said, one house where you're holding up. Very small. The the Day of the Dead, or the Dawn of the Dead, Dead, is truly like a commentary on society. And I I guess Night of the Living Dead got a little bit of that. I mean, it's particularly with your black lead being gunned down at the end by the people who are supposed to save him. But I still think... Night of the Living Dead stands as kind of like a great simple example of like how brilliantly you can do a horror film. I just think that's straightforward. like a film school showing. 100%. And this one is not. Dawn, you know? Dawn of the Dead is like there's sort of meta commentary on mm. why we come to the mall. Why do they come right. back here to the mall? Right. It's yeah. what they remember. And like it now, I get with it. Malls it's being all, gone, it's, it's all such great. A, yeah, yeah. It's such a great staple of like no. this time period of the eighties. but you're right. It I is just, cheesy. I was just it missing is, some of the weight, I no, guess. A hundred percent. You're, you're yeah. not wrong. And I think maybe if, um, you knew, beforehand what you were getting in. Like if you have the expectation of going in off of Night of the Living Dead, of course you're going to feel that way. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's how If you sort of know they go a different way, that's – but you know, these movies are all different. The only other ones I've seen, Day of the the Dead, um, Return of the Living Dead. So I've I've seen a handful of them. But but they really are all kind of different. And Night of the Living Dead to me is like – you know, that's – you're talking like top three, five horror films of all time. Sure. Inventing Zombies. Dawn of the Dead is just kind of like a fun ride. You know what I mean? Like it's there's there's not really the artistry to it. But I do think it has some interesting ideas. But that that's funny. I mean, like, it's fun. It's yeah. a fun movie. Yeah, the, yeah, I'm not taking that away from it. It's um, uh, it's but, weird though. It's weird that yeah, that came sure. out of uh, Night of the Living Dead. It's also it almost, super long. By the time it's like I think it's yeah. two hours and twenty minutes or something. Which for the era and for what it is, I was like, oh my god, that's so long. We were at like the hour thirty mark, and I right, was like, this has right. got to be wrapping up. And then you look, and you're like, we have fifty three more yeah. minutes to this yeah, fucking movie. Full hour here. Yeah. We've already done the whole mall. <laughs> what else is there to do? It, it, it honestly. <laughs> feels like it feels like somebody made a movie night of the living dead and a different director came in and took over the concept right like the studio wanted a sequel kind of yeah and yeah. they were like here's an here's a new that's take. what it feels like that's what it, it feels doesn't like. feel and like it's not him, that but, yeah. so, no it's not anyway um and then to, to wrap that up we're doing next week mandy and then which the, the new one which i or the new movie i haven't seen it i haven't um, either and then my pick for the movie the following week, so we finally finish uh, close to Thanksgiving, <laughs> is um, Creature from the Black Lagoon, which I've never seen. Yeah, the OG. Um, so I think that'll be fun just for what it's historically worth. No, I definitely and, will. Um, yeah. And then, uh, and then we'll move on to uh, something a little less dark. But um, um, Speaking yeah. of uh, Creature from Black Lagoon, yeah. um, have you heard of a movie? This one that I forgot to mention. Have you heard of a movie called Sweetheart? It's on Netflix. It's I like a Netflix so, original. It's, I think, a pretty good example of just kind of like very basic and low budget. Like if you're going to make a film, like a mm-hmm. minimalist film. But it's all about a girl that gets stranded on an island, little desert island. And there's not a whole lot of context to it. You just kind of open with her getting there. Sure. And there's some kind of creature that comes out of the water. 
in the night in the evenings cool. and like her trying to survive that. Um, if you get a chance also check that one out. Um, I'm not saying it's the greatest movie, but there's something about it that stuck with me. Cool. And, uh, yeah, it's just kind of a cool, I, I would recommend that one again. It's kind of like a little hidden gem. There are so, so many of these hidden movies so many. that so many. Uh, no one sees and they end up on these streaming services and, and it's weird because there are so many worse movies that get so much more acclaim and it's like, what <laughs> yeah. is going on? It's we, weird. we need like a more objective system for, um, what do you call it? Like, uh, uh, not accessibility, but, um, uh, uh, what, what's the word like observability, you know, when, when something's very apparent, there, there just has to be a better way to pluck these things out yeah. Meaning in the algorithm yeah. of the streaming services. You just would think that there would be more, uh, you know, the, this stuff would push to the surface. I was talking about that with some friends last night. Just people, like, it's just so hard to pluck through because you get there's a lot it, of shit yeah. too. Right. That's like, on there I mean, the that's like way. literally a big part of why we do this podcast is to talk about. I mean, I see so many movies that are in theaters and no one ever sees. Yeah, they leave yeah. the theater and then do they end up somewhere where people? I mean, I mention them once and I go, right. "Oh, I really right. loved this," and then they disappear. And it's just <laughs> yeah, like, truly. why do they disappear? Why are people not aware of these? You know, and it's just it's the streaming service algorithms. Um, you really have to like work. Um, so particularly I think even worse for people like us who want to try to see everything yeah. because I think we're shooting out such a broad, mm-hmm. like we're throwing out such a broad net that then it's even, they'll, they'll throw stuff back at us. That's really bad versions of a genre where we only watched it because it was the best version it was a of good, that. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, and now suddenly I got to cipher through yeah, 50 the algorithm's not terrible good. ones. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so I'm going to throw out a couple of movies, few movies I saw in theaters in the last week or so. So I came back from working for a few weeks and I plowed through, I did two days in a row this week with two movies a day. And then I did two days with one movie a day. And so, uh, some of those that I just watched this week, I saw the rescue, the documentary about the, I don't I didn't even remember before I went to this. I just knew I needed to see this movie, right. which I hope to, th- that it will win best documentary this year. Oh, wow. It's a national geographic documentary. Uh, you know, they did free solo and I think that they have some really good people there making documentaries, meaning it might be different filmmakers, but the people at the, at the production company clearly are very good at the follow through of making these really good choices and really good, you know, the, they put a lot of money into them. You can see the money on the screen where you're just like, Oh my God, this is not some, filmmaker that was like, I got to make a documentary. This is like a big studio backed documentary. You know, they really, really work at it. But anyways, the point is the rescue is this, uh, these Thai soccer kit, you know, Thai soccer team that was stuck in a cave in 2018. I don't even remember oh, this in the news. I vaguely do remember it. It was huge national I vaguely or, uh, remember this. Excuse yeah. me, worldwide news in 2018. And it is one of the most amazing stories I've ever heard told and the lengths that they go through to make this documentary, because I, I struggle with it because what I hate in documentaries are reenactments, right? Yeah. They usually suck. This is so flawless because this is about a rescue and the people doing the rescuing presumably had some cameras like they, they brought cameras in with them to these caves but like not film cameras, you know, or, you know, cinema cameras. And so much of this movie is very cinematic. And so it's just this seamless 
edited thing where you don't know where you're going from real footage to reenactment. Yeah. yeah. And that's the point is that you have to go into it not thinking about that. You just have to let the story be told to you and like take it at face value. What you're seeing, regardless of how it was captured, right. is right. outstanding. And um, and then lots of really good visuals to go along with the, the, the story that they're telling. It's, it's one of the most um, interesting and profound stories I've, I've heard told because it in and of itself is just a news story, but um, it, it elevates to also very spiritual and very, um, and very, very, uh, moral and emotional places for everybody. And it's, wow. it's outstanding. Yeah. Um, we'll anyways, so that that's the where, rescue. Where did, you, yeah. where did you see the rescue? Just oh, a good question. I think I, one of the Lomelies okay. uh, in town, okay. I, I don't remember. Um, but it's been out for weeks and weeks, so it's, okay. it's not like new. Um, it may, it may be leaving theaters soon. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I saw the French dispatch. Yeah, I, I saw from saw from your rate rating. I think you disliked probably it more my, than I did. Probably my least favorite uh, Wes Anderson movie I've seen really? um, in a long time. I mean, I was going through them with Laurie the other night. I was like, you know, a lot of his most beloved movies. I'm kind of ho hum on. Um, I would put Royal Tenenbaums and Mr. Fox and stuff at the top, um, right. and then a lot of the other. How did you stuff feel about and, Rushmore? Is that, yeah, that, I mean, that feels classic. a little less Wes Anderson in terms of all the I, staging. I don't but. even put it in the category because it's just kind of the original and it's kind of more of a film school like right, right. Uh, attempt from him. But um, whereas this is full Wes Anderson and I just didn't kind of care about the stories. I think, Fair enough. you know, at the end of the day, it was just like. Yeah, it's Wes Anderson, but some of these times, like Moonrise Kingdom and stuff, I'm like a little more engaged because I'm, I'm like, oh, these are you know fun kids. And, yeah, and, I agree with that. Uh, whatever. Moonrise Kingdom. Um, the first of the three stories, I definitely enjoyed the most. Okay. The the okay. Uh, our artists, you know, story. Um, but uh, anyways, mo- you know, I'm just know. still into Wes Anderson. I still enjoy sure. his stuff. I think I think he's like a unique voice. Obviously. Oh, I mean, no doubt. But I will say this one to me felt the most random in regards to, you know, how we sometimes think about, we sometimes talk about why did he make this? Yeah, like you can make anything right. like, why did this one come up in terms because of making there are huge undertakings. These movies yeah. that he makes oh my God, are he not puts small. everything into them. This is not some little, uh, and you the know, cast itself is small like, movie. He, the the sets and the production design and the the lengths that they go to you watch some of these shots that are like 12 seconds like cut to one one little tableau for 12 seconds and it's a fucking huge set yeah and you're like yeah. we just rolled through this for 12 seconds and that is like months and months of work that one I set know. i know and then and then you move on With more to, detail than anything, than anything. Yeah. yeah so i don't know i mean great respect for all of that but i just i, I, hear I just I hear t- yeah. didn't care too much um i saw a documentary called becoming cousteau which is a jacques cousteau kind of like you know history of his life one. and it's also a national geographic film um it was okay it was a little slow for me but it's really interesting to see like all that old underwater footage. I mean, he got to start in the forties. So he was like yeah. just coming out yeah. of the Navy and whatnot in the thirties, forties. And, uh, you know, and then he started his business, uh, by helping, you know, right when world war two was ending, like 
oh, we need to go down and recover bodies from yeah, the Navy Jesus. ships that have that have sunk and uh, and helping, you know, the 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 various navies of the world um, dive and, uh, you know, invented scuba and he invent, you know, along with pretty wild. People. Yeah. It's just it's a fascinating story. But at the same time, the documentary itself is, I don't know, a tad slow. Um, I know you haven't seen the last duel. I'll just say that. Um, I didn't even realize until I went to it that it Ben and Matt wrote it. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that's crazy to me. <laughs> but the fact that it's a true um, story, the last section duel, yeah, and the yeah. fact that they wrote it alone, I would have wanted to see it. But it's, it's also intriguing. a kind of movie that I'm. And I mean, Ridley Scott in. is great. You know how I feel about medieval shit. I hate it, and, and I love and it. I, and the I guess the difference here is that I kept telling myself this is a true story. It's Ridley Scott, and it's a true story. Like. <clears throat> I just was able to connect to it more because of that. And it, it right. isn't trying to right. do anything fanciful. Um, I, uh, Matt Damon's character is really <laughs> kind of one note and, but, but it, it's very interesting, um, how the story is told and, uh, some of the dialogue in it is a little too modern for me. Like as uh, much as okay. I don't like the medieval tone, right. I also notice that, you know, they're they're. I mean, let's call it what it is. They're in France in the 1300s, right? And right. everyone's speaking absolute dull American, yeah, yeah, you know, dialogue. And all of these people, like Jodie Comer, who's she's British, I think, yeah, right? British. She's yeah. doing an American accent. That's interesting. I okay. just don't understand the choices that they yeah, made. Yeah, and clearly these were choices. They're so choices, right? So Matt Damon, um, Matt Damon's mom in the movie, are and are are people that could absolutely pull off an accent, just a, a tinge of a European thing. Yeah, and they're not. It is it, so American. It makes you wonder if they wanted Ben and Matt, like they had to have Ben and Matt, um, and then oh, they're only able to do. So their much. American yeah. accent, so we need to set everything the same. I would be I'm not curious that's what after it is. you watch it, we'll talk about it. Yeah. But um, but I really enjoyed it by the end, and I will say that it's a movie that oddly gets better. Okay, it's it's told. Oh, in, well, I'm excited. It's I've told in it three parts, and by you get through the first part, and you're kind of like, yeah, I know eh. it's a perspective movie. I know it's like, yeah, I know. Rashomon and but then, classics. but by the time the end comes around, you're like, holy fuck! This how was really Adam, how like, was Adam Driver? Uh, he's great. He's, he's always great. great. He's right? always great. Yeah. I mean, he, him and Jodie Comer, Jodie Comer is like just fucking outstanding. Yeah. Yeah, that's what and I've she's wasted on movies like free guy where <laughs> this yeah. is what she should be doing. Of course. Um, right. She, I hope she is in all kinds of stuff. She's so, so great. Um, so speaking of great actresses, I, I can't say enough good about Spencer. Um, I saw Spencer. Oh man, I didn't yeah, even realize that's already yeah, out. Yeah, I saw it on Friday, and that trailer looks incredible. I don't, I don't necessarily care too much about Kristen Stewart, other than that, like when Underwater came out a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, this is fucking badass, and she's good. She's good as a lead, and um, and I know she's been in a lot of stuff, but she, I mean, relatively, but she is so outstanding in this, and the movie itself, like, I loved Jackie. It's the same director. Right, yeah. I that. loved Jackie, and I loved the weird style of Jackie, and I loved that it was... Um, it's uh you know what i've seen a lot of reviews using the word mesmerizing for spencer that is what it is it is you feel like you're just a little bit it's it's kind of like that feeling when you're super tired 
but you're not going to bed where your eyes are like closing and you're just, you feel a little high <laughs> because of how tired you are. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of how I feel through the whole movie. And I think it, that is almost entirely based on how it's shot okay. and how they color it. Um, it's, it's very foggy. It's a very like foggy, uh, an unsharp movie sort of. Okay. Um, anyways, the, well, the point, trailer looked incredible. incredible it, 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 and, and the movie itself is relatively slow told and uh, relatively quiet. She whispers most of her dialogue. It is not, it's, it's a very quiet movie because she's in amongst the royalty yep. and yep. it is so, it brings you into that world where it's Ugh. like, yeah, you can't, Ugh. you can't speak loud. Everything is so chilling. It's just, you have to just really take it in. Yeah. And it, and by the end of the movie, uh, you just feel like you experienced someone's entire trauma, you know? Um, it, it's great. It's great. Um, I, it's one of my favorite things I've seen in a long time. Um, well, Kristen Stewart, um, uh, much like, um, who's her twilight? Co-star. Oh, Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Much sure. like Robert Pattinson have both done some really incredible work. <laughs> they're, they're, both they're, they're always yeah. going to be branded a little bit by, you know, Twilight and just how awful. Well, those see, are. Um, for me, it's great because I didn't really see any of the Twilight movies. I didn't read them. Yeah, you're lucky. I just um, don't know much about it. I well, can, I can picture them. What, it, what frustrates me is like one, they were young, right? right? And they were doing teenage soap opera melodrama, and it's almost like if you're on a Disney show, people somehow forgive it because people don't see it. Right. But when you're in a big movie that does kind of the same style and sort sure. of ridiculousness, um, I think it stays with you longer and. Um, you know, I don't know if you saw uh, Seaberg that uh, Chris no, was in. No, that was on my list, but how was that? Holy shit. I mean, really? well, the movie is, is fine. It was fine. But, but she again, did. she playing the actress who was in Breathless. I the need first to watch that. Film. Yeah. And when I first saw this, that's the first thing. First thing I thought about was Spencer. And the second thing I thought about when I looked at the director, like you said, was Jackie. Right. Because all of these kind of shared DNA. Yeah, same, and these, same kind of thing. You know, female biopic stuff but right. um but i'm looking forward to it um and also just again speaking of robert pattinson now you look and see batman. him about to be batman and you're just like okay like this dude you know what i mean like clearly he can carry whatever they want him to carry i, I don't know i just feel like it's unfair judgment on, on those guys for um you know. no 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 judgment at all i think they're outstanding i can't wait to see because they're still both pretty young like they yeah they've got, they a, got a lot career. of time for sure um hey we both saw dune yeah, so let's wait a minute to talk about Dune. I'm just okay. going to hit two more real quick, and then we'll talk about Dune okay. and, and whatever else you've seen. Right. Um, I watched Blue Bayou, which is this little indie yeah, movie. Yeah, I saw that you saw that. Um, it was fine. It it was middle of the road. It wasn't as as significant as I thought it was going to be because it had such an outstanding trailer. Um, but uh, it was good. It's still worth watching. Okay. Um, and then uh, lastly, Last Night in Soho, we saw last night, and I... I, I've I it's been so long since I've disliked something to this level. Oh no! Um, it's like I'm extremely passionate about how much I dislike it. Here's here's a good example. I just talked about Spencer. How much I loved it. Spencer has about fifty something percent from audiences on Rotten Tomatoes, okay. which is way low. Yeah, but yeah. whatever. I, it doesn't matter. We were deciding yesterday what to see. We we're like, well, let's look at the scores of of Eternals, which is not getting great reviews. <laughs> and last night in Soho, we'll we'll decide what to see. And Soho has, I think, seventy five from critics, okay, and ninety from audiences. 
<laughs> and so we just looked at that and we went, okay, well, people like it. People enjoy it. Okay, yeah, we'll go see Soho. It's actually higher than I would have guessed. Uh, yeah. Then. Last night in Soho is, I just, I feel like it's garbage. It's like a garbage, <laughs> garbage movie. So Edgar Wright is great. Yeah, uh, in, that's, in that's that why I'm he's a surprised. fun filmmaker. And he um, loves film. He genuinely loves film. You can tell. What we kind of like got fanatic. to last night is that this is a an extremely female-driven story. Right. It is about women and about uh, women's and, – and I shouldn't say it's about women. It's about uh, – I'm just trying to place where women play in his movies until now. And the answer is they really don't. Right. Like Baby Driver. Right. Uh, you know, there's the girlfriend. Yeah, it's through the lens. It's through the lens of a male. It's yeah, the male gaze. So she's kind of just there. Right. Um, and then I think it's the same with pretty much every other one, right? You think about Hot yeah. Fuzz. Yeah. You think about uh, Shaun of the Dead. You think about. I mean, there's yeah, female they're guy, characters. They're guy, they're guy movies, though. They're, they're guy, guy movies. movies. Yeah. And women are on the side. This movie, um, is so twisted in in a bad way in the story that it's telling and it's so convoluted and not, um, not well told Mm. like anybody that enjoys this movie. All I can think is that they just enjoyed the visuals of it. Right. The visuals. I'm sure they're good. They're not. Oh, okay. This is really surprising. They are so dumb. Like dumb is the word. I'm not just saying dumb. I'm saying that so much of this movie is so dumb that the visuals, the the choices that they made about what CGI to use and what not to use, because he's a very practical director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is a highly stylized movie with lots of CG. And it's like dumb. It's just like an idiot made it. I don't know. I'm just so against this this story Man. and this movie. Hot take coming in hot. And uh and the only redeeming qualities of it is that it has a great cast. Diana Riggs in it. Yeah. Like yeah. um you've got uh just outstanding people trying their best. Um Terrence Stamp plays Terrence a Stamp good role in it. Um yeah. yeah, and there's just a few uh, interesting people in it that are doing such great work and that, you know, this young girl, I forget her name that plays the lead, not Anna Taylor joy, but, uh, the other yeah, girl, the one who was in, um, well, anyway. she's been in a lot. Yeah. yeah but, uh, she's pretty young still and she's so great. She's such a powerful actress. And, um, I don't know. I just think it's really lost. It, 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 the, I don't know. I just really would like for you to see it so we can talk about it. I know I'm probably super coloring your opinion, but I just <laughs> saw it, you know, last night. And so it's so fresh and I was so angry when I left. Uh, me and uh, Laurie and Lander talked about it quite a bit. None of us really liked it. Um, yeah, right. We all kind of had the same feeling, and we're like, 90%? 90 This is such a flip, too, because I remember both of us had been kind of excited by the trailer. Um, yeah, great trailer, we talked about for sure. It. And, and I just kept thinking, you know, Edgar Wright is a guy who I kind of throw in with Quentin Tarantino in that I feel like they're the oh, biggest God. film nerds. Like, I feel like they're the biggest That's film fair. fans yeah. who are also directors, right? So I kept thinking, oh, he's finally doing his horror film and he's going <laughs> to he's gonna know all the truth. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to know the cinematic language in order to do this. So yeah. it's going to be unique the in that way. The difference is that Quentin, Quentin knows how to direct people. 
and knows how to tell a really engaging story. Quentin's dialogue is tight. Quentin's Quentin's performances are tight. Everyone is absolutely – even in the least significant Quentin movie, you have such tight dialogue and and then – and then if if you're going as far as like paying homage to things and honoring, you know, filmmaking, this is there's none of that visible in this at all. Um meaning it, it, it if this wasn't an Edgar Wright movie, I would be way less against it. Way less against mm, it. Gotcha. I just think that what we're what we're learning is that maybe he's not a great you know, prolific filmmaker. He has just nailed a certain style a few times. And uh, I just, I dare him to make another good movie because this makes me really against him um, as a filmmaker. So anyways, wow. uh, Moving on. Okay. Well, I'll look for it and then we'll talk about it. (laughs) So we should talk about Dune, but did you have anything else that you saw in the last couple of weeks? Um, We just the other night watched, have you seen the trailer for the harder they fall on Netflix? Oh yeah. I didn't watch it yet. It's on Um, my list. Yeah. yeah, We, we enjoyed it. Um, it, it kind of came apart at the end for me. Sure. Um, but it's just fun. I mean, it is clearly, I'll just call it what it is. I mean, it's, it's clearly like, we're going to make sort of a hip hop version of the Western. Mm-hmm. Like sure. they're, they're taking stuff, certainly elements from the spaghetti Western. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're definitely adding, I mean, it's a, you know, pretty much all black cast and they're, they're clearly, you know, putting their stamp on it in that regard. Right. Um, just in like, this is, I don't know. There was a movie called posse in 1993 that tried to do this. And I feel like it wasn't very good. Okay. This was much better than that. All the actors are good. It's just a fun ride. If you like westerns, you'll like it. No, sure. Um, I I remember seeing I know the trailer a, huge western a week fan. or two ago, and I was just like, "That looks yeah. a lot of fun." I, it, I it's see got it. some yeah. shocking moments. It goes some ways that I didn't think it would go. Um, I don't want to talk really about the ending till you see it, but it, like I said, it came apart a little bit at the end for me. Right. Um, but I enjoyed it. Uh, Jess enjoyed it as well. She was actually really on board. So um, let me know what you think. I'll have more thoughts once you've seen it, but. Um, but uh, check that one out as well. And also, speaking of westerns, um, I showed just Dances with Wolves, which she had never seen. <laughs> First time, wow! N- had never seen what it. She I may have talked to you about this. She loved it. Yeah, she was shocked. I mean, that's, how a, that's an all time caught up she got yeah, yeah, in yeah. it. But it really is just a beautiful movie. It's been a long time since I've it's seen an it. Epic. It's a beautiful movie, man. It's I, I think it gets a lot of flack because it um, lost to uh, or it beat Goodfellas for best oh. picture. <laughs> and I'm not, you know, obviously I'm yeah, not going to get into, yeah, get into that, but. I but I do think it gets kind of some backlash on that. But it really is a beautiful movie, and um, it's just gorgeous to look at. Yeah. And I think it's one of Costner's best. And anyway, I love it. I also watched uh, Cry Macho, which I um, didn't watch it yet. Did you like it? Uh, it was fine. Okay. I, I right. mean, at this point, honestly, it's not it's not a bad movie, but it, it's just funny to me. And Clint Eastwood really is. I love Clint Eastwood, but at this point, he's he's just kind of doing the same movie over and over again, right? right? He's just doing Gran Torino every year until yeah, I think I'm not he so into that. Eventually, passes away, yeah. so that's kind of what it was like. Um, but you know, not 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 worth seeing. So yeah, um, check you. that out. Um, so yeah, we should talk about Dune. Um, I absolutely loved it. I'll just say that it's. Uh, I need. I'm going to watch it again with Laurie later because Laurie didn't see it. Right. I saw it in IMAX in San Francisco. And uh, we saw it in IMAX as well. And I went with I went with our friends Tom and Jen. Um, Tom read Dune years ago, right? And he's a huge uh, sci-fi, like hard sci-fi nerd. Yep. And then uh, Jen (laughs) has been reading the book. She started it like fucking four days before we went and saw it. She almost finished the book. She was on the last like little bit of the book, and so clearly got 
past the point that this movie yes. you know covers. Yes. Um, but uh, I guess the the question is. Did you like it? Did you love it? What did you think? You said you absolutely loved yes. it. I would say I absolutely liked it. Okay. <laughs> um, it was not as good as I was hoping it would be. Right. But I was also kind of hoping for like a miracle movie. You know what I mean? Like I, my expectations were – not my expectations. My, my hope was mm-hmm. that it was going to really just you know blow me out of the water. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought everything was – it really is – it is an art film blockbuster. Uh-huh. Like, you know what I mean? That's, I think, the well, best way to the, describe it. I mean, it. that's what he makes. That's yeah, what his sure. movies are, yeah. For sure. And that's what they always are. I thought it was um, definitely, like, heavy on story but light on plot, if that makes sense. Like, there's a lot of story there. There's a lot going on, and yet there's very little going on. Throughout uh-huh. the, that's kind of how I felt about it. The ending definitely surprised me. Um, as a huge fan of Lord of the Rings, as I know both as of us are. As in you didn't know it was going to leave you hanging? So or? have you seen the David Lynch Dune? Yeah, it's so been a while. David Lynch yes. Dune, from my understanding, goes into the second book Correct, in yeah. order to have a kind of a conclusion, like an episodic conclusion the right. way Star Wars would. Right. Um, this went really truly the route of Lord of the Rings where they, they kind of walk down and mm-hmm. we know another movie is coming, but there yes. is no no real ending per se, like right. in the, in the traditional way. Right. And that surprised me, I guess maybe I just kind of assumed they were going to run the same length of story as, um, oh, as Dune. Lynch's Dune. Oh, Not to okay. say that Lynch's Dune is necessarily good. I didn't know what they were going to do, but I definitely, I was surprised, you were surprised when it cut up and I have not read the books. I am very familiar with the story. I yeah. have read synopsis of the story. I've read about the other books in the Dune mm-hmm. series. I watched the children of Dune, television series years ago yeah so i'm familiar in that way not not like as deep yeah as i mean i haven't time. read the book i don't plan on reading the book right. it that doesn't really appeal to me at this point but i what i know it, or what i think i knew was that um they were gonna very much leave it hanging because that's how they <laughs> green light another movie I mean, they've just said in the news and, in the last few days. But yet they hadn't greenlit it at that time. That's what's interesting to me. Lord of the Production Rings starts July 18th. Um, right. But they at the time eh, this came out, yeah. it was like not for sure. You know what? That's called confidence. I, yeah, I guess so. Which I, mean, I if you're more confident, it. let's go ahead like, and greenlight all three. We, you know, we've got, well, I don't know. It's just interesting to me. No, I, I, guess, I guess that's my, my thing is that I appreciated that so much that he – was in this for the long haul. He obviously has spent a long time on this. He made all these other movies that we like or love. Yeah, and yeah. then he spent three years since Blade Runner making the, I mean, maybe not three years, two years cause it's been delayed a bit, but, but the point is it's been a long time. And, um, I just think, yeah, if you're going to make this, then yeah, it's better be multiple parts, whatever it ends up being. And, uh, and he's shooting for the absolute moon. You know, this is not a, okay, let's do this and get it over with. It's, it's akin to what Cameron is doing with avatar and not that, not that it's the same, but it's, it's similar. It, it shows such deep passion for this material that he's like going this hard at it. 
uh, you know, that it wasn't a cleaned up, you know, okay, here's a movie that could stand on its own if they don't green light the next one. It's like, no, he's not fucking around like that. He is he is doing a part one, and yeah. it says in the beginning of the movie, part one. Part one Very quickly. Uh, yeah. That is not because halfway through the movie, it goes to part two and part three. That is because the name of this movie is Dune Part One, you know? I, I guess what I'm surprised about is not that. I'm not talking about what he's doing. I know, I'm I know, surprised I know. the studio <laughs> allowed did it to not be a go ahead. <laughs> well, it did not or did not allow it to be a cliffhanger and said, you know what? In the era where Amazon have has already greenlit five seasons on a billion dollars or whatever, yeah, two billion yeah. dollars of Lord of the Rings, and we've done trilogies together before. Right. I'm surprised they didn't go ahead and lock in actors on contracts and director, you know, for the like you said, the full gambit. Right. Um, that's, I mean, maybe the most surprising to me. Yeah. I mean, and I, I think that's why I was surprised that it left it hang. I, I like the fact that he was like, "This is the story I'm telling, and it is part of something yeah. that will continue." I like all that. I just didn't expect it because the other ones weren't already in the loop. You know, like yeah. Avatar, we know there's going to be four more Avatars. Like, right. we know that, right? So it's like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but we know <laughs> what Cameron is doing and he's shooting them simultaneously. So that kind of surprised me. I liked everybody in the cast. Obviously, visually, it's incredible. I mean, everything Unreal. he does is Unreal. the best looking thing yeah. you're ever going to see. So from that standpoint, I mean, you know, these are just, you could just run these in the background and just stare at them. Um, and I like the slow burn also. I have no problem with that kind of slower yeah, pace. You know sure, this. Sure. I like to live in a movie for a long time if I like being there. Um, but I just, I guess I was, I was surprised by certain things. I just didn't expect certain things and I will rewatch it, but, um, I think, I think it deserves at least one more rewatch. And I will tell you with, with no exaggeration and Tom can attest to this when it was over, uh, even though, you know, we can't talk about this in the context that like, Oh, I just saw something amazing. And so I'm giddy like a schoolgirl or whatever. I, I wasn't, I wasn't probably, so uh enamored with it you know uh that i was jumping up and down but i the feeling that i had internally after leaving it was such the closest thing i can i can assume is how people felt when they watched star wars the first time right yeah i felt like i had just lived in a world that's awesome that was real and i had never thought about before because the detail in the world that they're building was so immense and the visuals of the, the vehicles and the, the locations and the buildings and everything was so foreign and alien and real to me. Right. Yeah. That when I left, I was just like shocked, you know, I was shocked by that. I was living in this other world so significantly and so realistically that I was just so excited that there's going to be more when it was ending. And I, I kind of glanced at my phone to know, Oh yeah, yeah, this is the end, right? We're not getting another battle. We're not getting, this is, this is how they're ending it. it I was fully excited because I was just like, Oh my God, I can't wait. I can't wait for this fucking next thing, this next chapter. Well, that makes me so happy. um, And that's very exciting to me. and, And it's a combination of so many elements. It's, it's wonderful performances. It's such a complex, Competent director, clearly insanely competent director. Rebecca Ferguson's outstanding. Timothy Chalamet is great. Yeah, like he's great. doing better than great. I thought he would. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then uh, you have like one of the best scores I've ever heard. 
Yeah, Hans yeah, Zimmer's awesome. score Zimmer is did so such a great powerful, job. Yeah. and and you know he's he, like you've talked about he, <laughs> he like turned down other shit to do this because he was just like no Dune is yeah. my and an IMAX goal. It was really incredible <laughs> um, hearing just that. If the music is outstanding and uh, you know the score is outstanding. And, um, I don't know. I just, I have, I, I kept racking my brain with Tom cause I was with Tom for like a day after it. And we just kept thinking like, I can't think of a single thing negative to say about it. I really can't. I mean, f- the context that you're, you're saying is that you, there were things that surprised you and there were things that you weren't ready for. I guess, they weren't bad. I'm if not saying you, they were bad. Right. I guess if you take away that out of it, it's just like, I don't know what to even, you know, if we're starting at five stars right. <laughs> on Letterboxd yeah. and we're taking points off for things that aren't, you know, perfect, I just was struggling. I was like, I don't know what it didn't do perfectly. I I, I loved the storytelling and I loved there are elements of it that are slow, but again, I was fully engaged in right, that right. that tone and that speed of storytelling. So I don't know, man. I just loved it, and I can't wait to watch it again because, uh, you know, Laurie's been excited to watch it, and I said, well, we can see it in the theater or we can watch it at home. Um, nah, go to the theater, dude. Well, I, she doesn't care one way or the other. Got I've it. seen it Fair in the enough. theater, and so I think we'll probably just watch it at home. Um, but uh, because there is a part of me visually – that even though I saw it in IMAX, we saw the right aspect ratio. Um, the IMAX that I saw it in, I'm actually suspecting that they didn't have both projectors on. Do, IMAX with laser, when you see that yeah, yeah. description, what that is is two projectors that are converged, so they're projecting the same image exactly on top of each other because you right. get more brightness that right. way. So it's just double the brightness, you know, double the, the candle power. And um, I really am under the impression that the second projector wasn't on in my showing because it was too dark um and huh. i'm excited to watch it at home because the hbo stream of it is 4k dolby vision i've got a i've got an oled dolby vision tv i just think it's going to actually look fucking outstanding at home um and i and i want to see that difference because i i think i missed out on some Well let me know what you think because there um, were some dark but- points when we were watching too but um yeah that's but fair. i will say i mean look this is the kind of story that i love more than any story i know I mean, you this do. is I star wars that's why we're talking about it yeah. so i mean i'm i'm i think maybe also i mean you know me i love star wars and lord of the rings so much part of this is like where are you coming at lord this of the from? what what is that <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you about it I'll, I'll okay pod. all right um, i don't want to waste i don't, the I don't know much time. about that okay but what you're saying like in you leaving and yeah. thinking uh and living in that world and being like, oh, wow, this must be how people felt about Star Wars. I've only felt that twice in my entire life. I mean, that is yeah. the ultimate high. That's yes. why I'm very excited uh-huh. right now just hearing you say okay, that. <laughs> because that's really, I think, what I'm looking for more than anything else watching movies because it is the the, the best feeling. It's just like this incredible like as a viewer. It's the goal. Yeah, as someone who it's loves movies. It's the point of so why you're do trying we to make get? movies. 100%. Yes. And this one, I'm just like, he did it. He yeah. fucking did well, it. Well, <laughs> I've had that twice. I was going to say, and once, this is a little different. Was as a kid watching Star Wars the first time. I mean, like, you are drawn in more at that point. Yes. The only other time, and this is why I hearken on this so much, I know we go back and forth on this, but the only other time I've ever felt that, and like you're talking about being in the world and absorbed and everything else, it's not even really all of the Lord of the Rings movies, it's Fellowship. When I went to see Fellowship being the first one on theater, I could not believe how 
correctly they got it right. and how much I got. The detail. Ups- and yeah. after that, going back as good as I think they all are, you're returning to the world that you've already seen. It's still, still great, right? Mm-hmm. But it's that shock value in that first time thing is, is gone. gone yeah. So like hearing you say this just took me back to those, but this is very much, in my opinion, in the same, you know, mold as those. I mean, the epic, the scope, the world building, yes. and really just the hero's journey if you dial it all down. I mean, I thought Chalamet was so good in kind of an understated way. Very understated, just on yeah. like that, like what if I'm not re- you know, all the all the this classic Great. trips. It's yeah, nothing yeah. new. Yeah, yeah. But it just was really well done. And I also Oscar Isaac as the father re- was really made me emotional. I mean like oh, he was some of the things he so said to my son, you know, was just really, really. It moving. was beautiful, and it was also very accessible. Like they, they didn't. All virtually all the dialogue in this movie is very accessible. Like right. Dune, you know, nineteen eighty four is a little bit more David Lynch, yeah. and it's uh, a little bit. Yeah. And I would it's imagine not, not a good movie. You know, the the book is probably even more style. I mean, that's nineteen sixty five. Yeah, and be. I think maybe Jen had mentioned it. Tom had mentioned it. Like the 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 way that things are described in the book, pop culture. Happy Hour mentioned it where they were just like the way that things are described and the way that people talk in the book is not modernized. And I just think that even though I didn't read it, they really made this for us. A yeah, 2021 sure. audience and uh, yeah, just beautiful father son stuff. It was just, it was all the, great. All of the characters really with, with minimal actual interaction and scenes, mm-hmm. you, at least I, I'm sure you'll agree you believe those relationships so completely. Mm -hmm. That was one of the things to me that was the most impressive. I knew it was going to look incredible, everything else, but you know, you may get an interaction where you're like, Oh yeah, they've known each other for 20 years. And you get that out of one, one minute. Like when Oscar Isaac tells his, I forget his, his general or whatever his name was. Um, he was like, I'm, he, I'm resigning. He's like, no, you're not. Go yeah. catch some spies. Yeah. Like, fuck you. Get yeah. out of here. Yeah, it was. That, that's so, the way you make up for this. Yeah. That's the that's the uh, the interpersonal stuff that is so quick. And you're like, yeah, these people are a part of each other's right. lives in right. such a deep way. This is not formal. This is informal. This is yeah. informal communication between people that are close and love each other. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and it was, it was a bunch of shit like that. Uh, I mean, and also all of just the mother son stuff too, when they were like, you know, kidnapped together. Right. And right. It's just wonderful. Use your voice. Wonderful. The, the idea also that I, I find unique and this is not unique just to the movie, but the idea of the Messiah thing, which is a very um, fantasy element, mm-hmm. but mixed in with the science of we've been cross breeding bloodlines and we've been trying to create this. The perfect. And it really is like a, a, it's an interesting and nice and thought provoking marriage of the science side of that and the fantasy side of that. Like it's a unique way to tell that as opposed to he was born under the star or the meteor (laughs) fell, you know, that kind of thing. Yes. So, um, yeah, anyway, that's, that's Dune. Um, check it out. I I loved it. (laughs) Um, And, uh, I, I hope you watch it again and again, uh, over the next few years because we'll, we'll probably wait two years probably for yeah, the next for one. Sure, for sure. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, I just loved it. Um, got it, got it. so we can move on to TV. TV. Yeah, um, TV. I don't have a lot, but we finished lower decks. I thought that finale was fantastic. Yeah, it was great. With the great dolphins, finale. the yes. dialogue yeah. from I, the dolphins I, I, yeah. was maybe the funniest yeah. thing that they've ever written. Yeah. I laughed out loud at virtually every line of dialogue from the dolphins. Jess and I did as well. <laughs> we were also very, very pleased with the finale. I was just like, holy Fuck, they yeah. are super fun. So funny, <laughs> super fun. Yeah, they did a great um, job. Anyways, I mean that's great. We we 
you know, to be able to see cetacean ops dolphins finally on screen <laughs> is a big deal. Um, that they, they, they continue to just, even the small little references, delightful, delightful. I'm explaining them to just half the time, but they're just they're I just get such a kick out of them. This, this show just keeps like getting better. It just seems like they're really growing well. Yeah. Um, doing a great job. And unlike all the other Star Trek shows. Yeah. Um, so are you watching succession the new season? No. Uh, did you I, catch up on the old seasons? I haven't seen Any I know Succession. Okay. I haven't seen Succession. I know it's great. Ugh. It's just not one that I've I've, I've it's done. My, it's but my everybody favorite loves thing, it. Patrick. Yeah. It's my favorite thing. Yeah. Uh, these yeah. th- there are three episodes of the new season that have aired, and uh, I watched them all in a row. I just I I'm obsessed with the, everything. Yeah. Just and it's weird because there's nothing to it. It's it's just outstanding dialogue, and uh, like people say that about you know, the West wing, right, you know, that's right. kind of the reason people love the West. you know, it was just like, I don't care that I'm watching a bunch of people in a room because yeah. everyone is so I'm, I'm just obsessed with You're each engaged, individual yeah. person and the dialogue is so rich and that's how I feel about this. And then on top of all of that, this show is just so beautiful in it. I mean, it's of course glamorizing. It's also, showing the evils of, but glamorizing yeah. the, you know, these billionaires while also the gross underbelly. Yeah. Right. But it's interesting. Yeah, you're watching it sure. and you're just like, Oh, this is so interesting to watch their, their environments. Look, the guy I work um, with, there's nothing he likes more than succession. The okay. Guy I work with who's in sounds, property management. Sounds on top yeah, of it. Yeah. He's very, very interested also um, in that world. Did you know what's starting tonight? Yellowstone, baby. Oh, coming back, huh? <laughs> Yellowstone season and, four? and Dexter, yeah. Okay. Um, and Dexter, yeah. whatever this well, new season is. Well, I've got a lot to catch up on. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. do. Dexter, I will not be catching up on. You're not going to watch Dexter? Although, just loved that show. I could never get into it. That oh, was okay. like her show okay. for a long time. So she, I may be in and out while she's I have a feeling this new, new season will be like a standalone thing to some extent. Yeah. Um, but uh, Dexter and Yellowstone. And then next week, there are some shows... Um, starting Yellow Jackets. These are brand new shows. Saw and, the billboard for that um, one the other and day. And Mayor of Kingstown um, with Jeremy Renner. Um, but um, That looks interesting to me, actually, too. Mm-hmm. Mayor of Kingstown. I will try both of those. I'm in a place right now with TV where I really don't want any new TV. I don't I've, either. That's I've, part of the reason I've I haven't watched off. some of these what you're talking about. Hey, man, I, I get it, but I've turned <laughs> off. Um, I've stopped watching Morning Show. I've stopped watching The Problem with Jon Stewart. That is a very dark show, and... John Stewart's great, of course, but I don't particularly like the format and I don't particularly like, uh, I don't know. I mean, they're telling important news stories, but um, I just, I kind of can't. Was Morning Show, did you, Um, uh, was it too COVID related to you or did you just um, not get as good? No, you know what? I only watched like an episode and a half and I just, I just decided I don't Because season two is when they go into COVID, right? That's like Uh, their storyline. I think so, but I don't care. I don't even care. I never gave that one a chance, so I can't say um, anything. But, uh, so I'm giving up on, on a few things. There was a brand new show on Apple called Invasion. That was a big alien invasion thing. I think it's aliens. I assume it's aliens. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And it's starring Sam Neill. Oh, uh, I think that's right. And it has such low reviews that I'm just like, I'm not even going to fucking give it a chance, you know. Um, Whereas what I will do is continue with Foundation on Apple TV. I've talked about that last time. Right. That one I just need some time. Um, But uh, I'm just trying to be lean on the shows. You know, it takes up so much time, man. It's hard. It's hard with all the movies. Um, What what TV have you been watching? Well, like so. There's really only one significant one for me to talk yeah. since we already talked about Lower Decks uh, right. to talk about, and that's Only Murders in the Building. Oh, yeah. Which I know so you saw great. Well, we finished that. Yeah. We absolutely loved. Um, yeah, so just good. a charming little show. Charming. I mean, that's if you the, want a charming, fun little show, I, I – Steve, look, 
Steve Martin's great. These are Selena masters. Gomez does a great job. She holds her own, I think. Oh, totally. 100%. But yeah. I will just say, and I've talked about this before, there are a handful of people who can just walk into a fucking room <laughs> and do a Short. look, and I will chuckle. I cannot keep it together. <laughs> Martin Short, Gene Wilder, there, there's a short sure. list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he has always been that for me. I, he's just a goofy little – he's like a being of of comedic energy. He, he's not even doing anything that's like clever. <laughs> Do you, you know what I mean? Like, so this – He's just funny. This is, to your point, the – one of the <laughs> – I don't know why I laugh so much at him uh, because talking about him not doing anything, when he's wearing <laughs> the – tie-dye sweatshirt yes, in Jesus the elevator Christ. and it's got their logo on it and he's not talking he is just stand he is an older man standing yep. in a hoodie in a rainbow colored tie-dye hoodie in an elevator holding a box and i laughed so yep. hard at and you the know image he knows of him doing that and i don't know why that's not even fair that that an older person can wear a hoodie and that's funny i know but to me it's it was but truly it's like he's doing the hilarious. facial expression that he knows is right for you noticing him in that I moment. Can't, I and can't. it kills me. I, also, kills I want me. that hoodie so bad. Yeah, they great. don't seem to have – because the, the point in the show is that they're doing merch for the show right, in the right. show. And I'm like, they must be making that hoodie by this point. I would think. And I can't find it, at least at the last time I looked. There were like Etsy stores doing it. But not an official yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. It's like I have to have that hoodie now. Man, uh, <laughs> yeah. I just I can't recommend Only Murders high enough. I can't wait for the second season. Oh I don't know God. if they'll sustain it or not. If it'll be as good, but I, I just it was just so enjoyable. It, it was kind of honestly, it's a totally different show, but it's kind of like Ted Lasso. I just yeah. left each episode feeling great, had a great time, there's, enjoyed it. There's clearly something upbeat. about the 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 creators, which of course Steve Martin is one, and the producers um, of these shows, Ted Lasso included, where they just have obviously a good enough sense of what we want to watch, and that's why when you watch Morning Show. And they're fucking doing COVID stuff or whatever. It's like, you guys don't get it. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. But you're not appealing to what I care about right now at right, all. Right. And Only Murders is like, yes, this is what I want to watch. This is what I want. Well, and the funniest thing I've seen on this whole thing, I watched a couple of, Jess and I both watched a couple of, uh, you know, like late night shows or whatever where they're being interviewed and oh, coming right. on to promote it and stuff like that. And we were sort of watching it later. Like we'd started watching the show and this had been months before they had promoted stuff. Sure. But we went back and kind of caught up on some of them. And <laughs> Steve Martin, they were talking about, well, how'd you come up with this? And yada, yada. And Steve Martin was like, well, you know, I've had this idea for years and I just always thought it was very funny to have an idea of like these, these, older guys, you know, these guys want to solve murders, but you know, but they're older. It's, yep. it's hard to get around. So only murders in the building, you know, and that's kind of the idea. And when yep. you pitch it like that, it's so funny to think about. Delightful. He's like, yeah. I was telling um, Martin Short, you know, his friend Martin about this or whatever. He said, and Martin looked at me and said, well, you know, Steve, we're old. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> like he had had the idea so long that Steve Martin had to, or Martin Short had to point out. Hey, you hey, know what? we're old enough to do this. So let's just go ahead and do it. Like instead of talking about these theoretical old guys who could do the show and that's kind of how it came about or at least started delightful. So anyway, God, great show. Check treasure. it out. Can't, can't recommend it highly enough. It's super fun. And also it's one of those shows that like more different kinds of people that I know all like it. 
You know, it's like one of those one, like my that's Wilmington crowd, crowd yeah, from yeah. college likes it. I know my mom would love it. Me, and I Jess think that's it. the that's the sign of a true, really great th- piece of content because yeah, agreed. All these other shows, you could put Succession in there. You could put uh, you know Morning Show or any other like hour long dramas that are on right now. Very specific, yeah, specific. small target audience and, and that's more of what we get now with all the algorithms and, and I, stuff i just think that that is they're missing the boat and they're missing the point like you just that's not how we should be creating yeah um I'm with you but at the same time i love succession um so uh we could talk about some news i really don't have much else before we get to rotten tomatoes other than a few news few trailers and upcoming uh since we recorded last the horrific Jesus, alec baldwin thing happened and um uh, you know there's nothing really to say about that other than people don't die on film sets very often yeah and so you know there's a handful of these stories throughout uh i mean i shouldn't say throughout all of filmmaking because of course there were times where not as many safety precautions were taken. Yeah. We're talking the early days of filmmaking, you know, maybe into the 40s, 50s, 60s, but less standardized. But our more our our uh modern filmmaking era, you know, you can kind of count on one hand how yeah. many deaths there have been on real feature films. And, and generally, you're talking about a stunt that was de- dangerous that maybe went wrong. That was not. death-defying. Yeah. yeah, exactly, and it's a stunt it's generally stunt performers that die, um but to lose a DP in this way from a live weapon uh, is, you know, all that it does, unfortunately, um, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, is uh, furthers the cause for what IATSE is fighting for. I mean, you you have to, if you're not going to have IA crew on your shoot, um, you are taking an enormous risk. And uh, obviously we know that there are small projects that are non-union and um, it just, it's just so important to be safe. (laughs) And uh, you know, it's just an enormous red flag now to be on a non-union project. Um, I think everybody involved in non-union projects should be, uh, should be really, wary about uh, what's going on there uh, because it's not just about it's not just about safety from weapons it's about all safety it's right. about covid right. safety of it's course. about uh, safety from uh, uh, from any kind of uh, 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 what do you call it harm of any kind and that by the way includes emotional harm right. um, because there's a big part of this that is uh, you know you, if you are being worked 20 hours a day and you're not getting proper breaks and you are mistakes and are no be one's made. and yeah, no one's Come communicating on. with you. Nobody cares that you have a family at home. Nobody cares that, you know, there are just too many things that add up there and, and what they result in, whether it's a, 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 you know, an hour down the line or a month down the line or 10 years down the line is harm. Yeah. Uh, emotional harm, uh, financial harm, you know, various things, you know, um, familial, you know, issues, it just there's just too much that is more important <laughs> than right. the than the silly thing that you're making um and to put people second to the thing you're making yeah. is uh, a horrific misstep so that's all i'm going to say and i don't um, i don't have a lot to add but i'll just say yeah. um that you know you and i we're pretty passionate about this stuff obviously a lot of people that work here are very passionate about this stuff you want yeah. you want to put out the best thing possible that said, you know, human life, you know what I mean, in regards to the storytelling, you have to get this stuff in perspective. 
And um, particularly when, you know, if it's an actor that is taking a risk with their own life in regards to maybe a huge weight loss or something like right, that. Right, right, right. That's a little different. It is uh, different. If they want to, yes. when you're talking about people who are going to do a job and you work on sets, you know, I've yep. worked on sets in the past, talking about people that are going to do a job and you're putting them at harm and at risk because you're not taking every precaution, it really is an unforgivable um, it is. It's that's me. exactly the word. It's unforgivable. Just an unforgivable oversight because and those oversights are are in 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 um in service of um, you know saving time or saving money yep. Yep. or making more money or Ugh. these really really uh, kind it's of disgusting. evil disgusting yeah. under uh, you know under you know tones of 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 why these things happen. And yeah, it's gross. And it'll never be okay that it happened. But uh, the only thing I could think of, you know, you try to come up with silver linings on stuff like this. And hopefully this is high profile enough that it makes a difference, you know, Mm -hmm. going forward. That's the only thing I kept thinking. I was like, well, it's Alec Baldwin. You know, I can't imagine what he's going through, but it's uh, the most horrific thing to think about. Somebody you know now and everybody knows like a household name, I think would make a, a much bigger issue than you know. I've heard, you've heard stories. I'm sure you have. I know I have of little independent films where things went terribly wrong, and this is something that's oh yeah, it big happens. That, and, um, you know, I think it'll have an impact. I hope so. Anyway, yes, so. exactly. Anyway. And it, it's just uh, as you said, unforgivable um, things. Yeah. So, anyways, um, I want to um, to just mention a couple of uh, movie slash TV trailers that have been uh, oh, yeah. making the rounds because there's some fun stuff coming out. Definitely, um, the Batman has a full trailer and that looks really cool. The trailer is um, really working for me. Yeah, man. totally. <laughs> the trailer is um, really working. Just remember, for me. Matt Reeves is a badass. Yeah, and, uh, those those Planet of the Apes movies are so fucking cool and uh, and just good and yep. extremely Great. well made. Yeah. So I'm just hoping that it's it's a, it's a fraction as good. Um, the Lightyear trailer is really entertaining too. Can't yeah. wait for hey, that. I'm in. I think it's an outstanding, wonderful idea, idea for a movie. Yeah, yeah great like, idea. I just love that. I confused my um, mom so much trying to explain to her that it's about the character <laughs> that the toy is based on who he thinks he is originally. Anyway. Right. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And did you watch the Book of Boba Fett trailer? Hell yeah. Great, right? I, look, so great. I, yeah. I turned to Jess, and who knows? And maybe, it, maybe it'll live the Mandalorian, maybe It's kind of won't. like more of a teaser. There's not even sure. that much that happens in but it. I but I turned yeah. to Jess while I was watching, and I was like, I'm just so happy that this Star Wars is happening. Because I knew I wasn't just an old crotchety old no, man. No, no, no. I knew that like I was rooting for good things, and I want it. And that's what Mandalorian there, has there been for me. There were a lot of people on your side. It seems like this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm very, very excited about that, Oh, too. yeah, me too. Um, did you see the Benedetta trailer? This is Paul Verhoeven's know. new movie. No, no. Please watch it. It's okay. bad shit crazy. It is a uh, it's a religious movie. It's about Jesus Christ himself. Maybe I, I oh. I'm actually not even sure because I don't. <laughs> All right. I'm so not connected to religion um, or Christianity. But it it is a it is seemingly about Christ. Uh, but it's Paul Verhoeven, so it's like crazy looking and um it looks i don't know i mean anything he does is gonna be interesting um yeah anyways uh the this is not even to promote this movie at all but michael bay has this new movie ambulance coming out yeah yeah i saw the trailer Um, the trailer played before dune in our theater and i've never been so I've never been so put off by a trailer. I don't think <laughs> because of how disgusting the shaky cam was like, it's so poorly uh, yeah, shot okay, okay. that. And I guess that's just the Michael Bay way right now. I don't know if he's right. shooting his movies or if he has just someone on board that is really into that shaky cam. Um, it, 
you know, if you go out and make a movie with no with with only one way of stabilizing the camera and it's your shoulder, um, you're gonna have a bad time. Gonna be tough. <laughs> you're gonna, gonna, be gonna tough. have a bad damn. And uh, and granted, is way cheaper. <laughs> you know, if yeah. you have virtually no um, more appropriate, you know, camera setups, uh, but it's a style that maybe he likes. I just think that trailer is dog shit because I can't even tell what the story is in the trailer or what the people are doing because it's fucking shaking so much. So I hated it. Um, <laughs> and obviously Michael Bay is not anything to really get excited about, but at the same yeah, time, yeah. you know, he's made some fun movies. I'm, I'm always interested. Yeah, come on. He's get if he's getting away from like, you know, transformers, I'm like, Oh, he's making more practical action. Yeah. You know, we I'm, loved I'm, the Rock. I'm intrigued by yeah. it, but then you watch this trailer and you're just like, Oh no, fuck no, no yeah, way. No way. It's one that um, didn't quite work for me either, but we'll see. Who knows? Um, there's some upcoming TV. Uh, Star Trek Discovery starts in a couple of weeks. How to with John Wilson gets a second season starting in a couple of weeks. Um, can I can I just mention real oh, quick? Yeah, yeah. Did you catch the trailer? Obviously, you've, I'm sure you've seen it at this point. But the licorice pizza, yeah, I've trailer, seen it, a which few I've times, loved. Yeah. Have you seen the Belfast trailer? Yes, yes, yes. Man, Belfast is this weekend or this upcoming weekend. I'm very excited. Uh, I'm going to probably see it next weekend. Yeah. I just realized though, the last day or two, kind of looking into that, that it is at least loosely um, the the story of Kenneth uh, Brennan yeah, growing up. I, I didn't realize yeah. that when I first saw the trailer. Um, and then the other trailer that I saw, did you see the Power of the Dog Yes, trailer? Okay. I can't wait <laughs> so, for that. I yeah. just wanted to mention those. That, yeah, that that's uh, also coming out around um, around uh, Thanksgiving. So, okay. we, yeah, we right have on. a few of yeah. these movies. There's some good ones coming um, up, man. I'm excited. Oh, my God. The schedule is so packed. I mean, just looking at, at my calendar, my personal calendar of stuff, yeah, we have Belfast uh, this next weekend. The following week is, is Ghostbusters, King Richard, Power of the Dog. Uh, come on, come on. Have you seen that trailer? No. It's a Mike Mills, uh, Joaquin Phoenix movie. Oh, no, I have. You have. I have. That, I yeah. forgot about the uh, the title. That, that trailer is fantastic. It, totally. I, I yeah. can't wait. It just looks beautiful. And then the following week, we have House of Gucci and Encanto, yeah. the Pixar movie. Heck yeah. And then the following week, there's Nightmare Alley, the Guillermo del Toro movie. Um, and Benedetta that I was just talking about. The following week is West Side Story and a Journal for Jordan. That's the Denzel Washington movie. Right. right. Um, and then the following week is Spider Man. Um, and then the following week after that, you know, we're getting into Christmas. You have the Kingsman, the Kingsman you have yeah. Matrix Four. You have <laughs> yeah, um, a couple other ones I wrote down here: The Tragedy of Macbeth. Um, yeah, that's also going to be um, Denzel. Yeah, right, which he looks pretty badass in that. Yeah, he does. Um, anyway, so it's going to be a great season, these these November, December. It's funny how We're many... We're back, baby. Well, it's just funny how many of these are not like Oscar-y movies. They're yeah, yeah. blockbusters. Yeah, it's true. So that's different. <laughs> I mean, I think everything's been shaken up Normally we have like and... one blockbuster at Christmas, yeah. and then all the rest that's are like it. Oscar-y movies. So. But, um, you know, everything that happened in all these schedules, you know, you just mm-hmm. don't know. So yeah, that's exciting. Um, anyways, so then moving along in our list, um, I would say we could do a Rotten Tomato scores. I'm ready. Um, well, maybe I'm ready. We we'll are going to do Denis Villeneuve's, uh, essentially oh. his, his movies. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait before wait, we wait, do wait, Rotten wait, Tomatoes, wait, wait, wait. I just want to talk about it since we talked about what? it before. William Shatner made it back down to earth. <laughs> he, he did. He did make it he back did. down. In his... It would have been a fitting way to go out, but we're glad he didn't. <laughs> he is alive. But he made well it back honored. down. And just we encourage you 
it's too many to to mention, but yeah. look into his rantings when he came back down because in a very Shatner way, it's it's worth uh, looking into. He had so. a, he had a, an experience. He had an he experience. Had an experience the, which the, he looked into the blackness of I, death I just in space. Think, uh, that's great. I just think that uh, yeah, if you can give someone that experience that's that old. And everything, uh, it's very positive. I did um, chuckle when he said, everyone should have this experience. And I was like, yeah, Bill, maybe they should, but... They're not going to. Yeah, Only you, buddy. <laughs> it's actually extremely rare, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. 100%. So, I just wanted to mention that. Sorry. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, no, not beginning now. So, uh, what do you think we're starting with? <laughs> I have no idea. Okay, Prisoners, one of oh, his... Oh, man. Oh, uh, whoops. Uh, one of his uh, one of his first ones. An know. all-time favorite for me. I mean, I'm talking, like, I love Prisoners. Um, I have no idea how people felt about this. I will say that critics gave prisoners um, an 86 and audiences gave it an 80, 80, 81 and 87. So you were in the 80s. Ooh, audiences were higher than critics. They so were. That yeah. Surprises. Me. But uh, okay. prisoners. I loved uh, prisoners was the one that kind of caught caught. You know, caught me up uh, with because uh, he was making movies in other yeah in yeah, for, where is he from France? I don't know where he's from. Um, <laughs> I don't know either. Actually, that's a good question. Uh, I would probably assume, know that. Since I would I'm a assume fan. he's French, but uh, anyways, he uh, he made Prisoners, and then right after that, or actually within the same year, Enemy came out. Did you ever see Enemy? Yeah, I did. Yeah, okay, on good. your recommendation, it wasn't as, as I didn't love it as much. No, as Prisoners, no, but it was different. It was I enjoyed different it movie. a lot though. Still, um, Enemy, I will say, did not probably work as well for audiences. For Enemy, I'll. I'll do critics, critics, 80 audiences, 70 for enemy. We have sorry, this didn't look, 71 and 64. Okay. So that'll probably prove to be maybe his lowest. Yeah. Um, but uh, I still uh, really enjoy as much of an audience movie yeah. really for. Big yeah, audience it, that's so. a very obscure kind of art right, film right. sort of. Um, and then we move on to Sicario, which is the one that really oh, put him on the map. Yeah. yeah. Loved this one as well. Um, I will say for Sicario, critics are at 87 and audiences gave it a 89. 92 and 85. So oh. 92 from critics. I mean, I'm in the range, but I'm off on which group prefers, prefers the it. movie yeah, on, right, all, right. on all of these. Yep. Interesting. Okay. Uh, right. Now we, mo- we move on to, yeah, Sicario's badass. Uh, we move on to Arrival. Uh, oh, man. God, Arrival's so good. God, he's done so many good movies. <laughs> I, like, I know this, but then you rattle them off and you're like, in a row? In a row. One um, year apart, by the way. Pretty much all of these are one year apart. Fuck this guy. Um, fuck this guy, right. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> critics for Arrival. I'm going high here. I'm going to say Critics for Arrival 94 and Audience is 90. 94 and 82. Man. Didn't connect with audiences Not quite as enough. much, but yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a hundred percent it. Brilliant, um, brilliant movie. And then Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which uh, I absolutely love. Yeah, another another high one, um, a masterpiece. I would say. I will say critics for. I'll say critics ninety two. Audiences eighty nine. 88 and 81. So oh, lower than lower. I thought. I mean, that's yeah. still a great rate rating, but um, that's lower than I thought. I would say audiences, yeah, that's a little low. I would say that I would have thought that would have been more in the like 90 range. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised the critics were So in the 90s. Uh, let's, uh, let's do Dune. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, critics for Dune. I'm thinking about the last two we've done. Critics for Dune. 
I'll say 89. Audiences, I will say 82. 83 and 90. 90 from audiences. Yeah. Once again, Which I'm in oddly, total reverse. Same as uh, last night in Soho. <laughs> <laughs> Just as good. Just as good. Maybe better. S- totally wow. equal quality films. That was an um, interesting Rotten Tomatoes, though. There yeah, was a yeah. lot of, it went up and down and up and the, down. The range um, was all where yeah. I thought it would be, but there's a lot of reverse of what I would have thought. I think that's, that's, that's what you get with an art, essentially an art house director. I mean, he's making these big blockbusters, but as you said at the beginning of our Dune thing, it's like it's an art film yeah, that's a huge... It's beautiful. It's a huge art film, you know, um, huh. and uh, okay. yeah. So that's uh, Denis Villeneuve. Well, I can't to see. Can't wait to see what else he does. Um, he's the man. After he finishes all this Dune stuff, I'm yeah. I'm curious what he will uh, what he will move on to because he he's really good at these one offs. I mean, Sicario, Arrival, Prisoner, Prisoners. These are like yeah. small yeah. scope movies that um and he certainly didn't come back for the uh, uh, uh sequel for sicario which was no not great not great um <laughs> not great day of the soldado I think um yeah day of the soldado 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 i think that's how you yeah. say it Who knows? um anyways i have a question for you when you're in a movie theater nowadays and there are not that many people there because it's not a very busy showing and someone sits right next to you freaks me out it's crazy, right? There's no reason for there's it, especially no when you can. Yeah, there's no. You reason can for pick it. your seat. I mean, the only thing that I so I, I had a thought the other day that I never had, but f- you know, I I usually get my tickets way in advance, so I'm usually the first person picking the seat, and then people pick around me. And for someone to pick the seat right next to you when there's plenty of room, the other direction is bananas. Yeah, even if you happen to pick the seat next to them. Well, let's take COVID completely out of it, too. Now we're in a more touchy time on that. Even if it wasn't that, to sit right next to somebody, even if the theater is pretty full, I still will sit one extra seat away if it's possible until someone comes in. Correct. Not just for me, but it's because why crowd the person? It just seems customary. It would be like going into an airplane and sitting right next to someone if your row is open. Right. You know what I mean? And you could sit one apart. Like picking the the middle next to somebody. Yeah, that's unforgivable as well. Um, Unforgivable. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's fair. Unforgivable effect. I I just think it's crazy, but I had the thought the other day that I'm like, well, maybe I'm thinking about this all wrong. I'm here alone. Maybe these people are legitimately like, I'm going to a movie alone. I'm not comfortable going to a movie alone. I am going to specifically pick a seat wow. next to someone because I'm not comfortable going to a movie alone. I've been going to movies alone for a lot of years, and I love it, and <laughs> I prefer too. it. You and me are different. I though, prefer it people, I to think. every other way of seeing movies. Um, big groups we've done. I like it, but it's not the same. The and majority of movies I'd rather go on my own as well. You cannot. I, I will put my foot down and argue with anybody that thinks any other including your girlfriend, including my girlfriend, you cannot get a pure watching experience watching a movie with someone. You do not. Right. Your your opinion is colored. If you're used to watching movies with a big group or a big family, that's fine. You should still do it. Just know that your opinion on that movie is not pure. It is colored, and it is... I agree. It, and, you know, I guess to some extent, yeah, you can have your own thoughts inside your head that don't change. But I just uh, there's there's no there's no possibility of a of a uh, of an objective experience, at least I, as far as you. I, I think weirdly the best experience and I say this as someone who absolutely hates distractions and people pull out their phones. Right. And it gets harder and harder to get through. Yeah, that I want to murder them. But 
if you can find the new Bev's a good example of this. If you can go on your own, but sit in a theater that is seventy five percent full, two hundred percent full, with people who are all engaged. To me, that's the ultimate because, like you said, it's not someone you know personally. You're not like thinking about them or what they think or looking at them or asking them to want popcorn. But you are surrounded by some kind of energy where everyone's like locked in. Well, it is the energy that to me is the best. of the new Bev. Yes, exactly. But it is a it is absolutely and unequivocally about the respect for the environment and for the film. When we go to an AMC, like I'm a big AMC fan, but when we go to an AMC, it's a bunch of people that don't respect the environment and yeah, don't respect the screen. If we go to New Bev or wherever else, we go to an art house theater or we go to, you know, an American Cinematheque screening or we go to whatever. Um, it's different. And uh, I just wish more people would, you know, I don't care what your reason is or your background is or whether you uh, don't really care about that movie, but just don't fucking talk. Don't fucking have a phone out. Don't fucking make lots of noise. If you have noisy food, be extremely quiet with that yeah. food. Do your best. Um, just do your absolute best. And the the level to which people talk on the west side during daytime oh screenings. And by the way, they are white old people. That yeah. is it. Yeah. That is the demographic. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I go yeah. to movies all over L.A. in all kinds of areas. and But when I go to the Landmark, or potentially sometimes other ones on the west west side, but mostly Landmark, West L.A., it's just a bunch of super old white people that fucking won't shut up. And I hate them. Yeah. I hate them. If you're you know, listening, shut the fuck up. You, you know what's funny, too? It's like, it's not even about respect the movie or you want to go to the movie. It's really just about respecting other people. No, I no, mean, it, you're correct. It has nothing to do with the movie. Paid. Like, just be respect. Like, be respectful of other people, like you would anywhere, like or how you should be. I know and not it, everybody. You is. know, pe- the, the majority of the, the, of the talk is is like, what did he say? <laughs> or, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. Or, or oh, that's George Clooney, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and that is not okay. I know you think that you can behave like you're at home, but you can't. Yeah, um, yeah. I just, Truly. yeah, that's it. That's we're it. in agreement. Anyways, agreement. I just had to rant for a second. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm with you. Um, so, uh, so let's, uh, do you have a hidden gem? Because I don't. I do. <laughs> okay, I do. tell us. I can carry us on hidden gems. Yes, please. Um, and I don't know why this one popped into my head, actually, when I was driving over here. Did you ever see the movie called Cookie's Fortune? No. It's 1999. It's a lesser known Rob- Robert Altman movie. Uh-huh. So obviously very well known, famous director, but sure. not a movie you're ever, it's ever going to get thrown up uh, in his, kind of his Rolodex. But, um. I would describe it the same as Only Murders in the Building. Uh, it's nothing profound. It's nothing incredible. It's kind of just a little tiny, well, it feels like an indie, you know, sure. small story type of, it's about a little small town. And it's um, it's not even so much about the story. It's really just about the characters. But Glenn Close is in it. Julianne Moore is in it. Liv Tyler, Whoa. Chris O'Donnell, back That's when cast, yeah. he was kind of, you know, top notch at the, that point. The hit, hit yeah. boy, hip boy. Um, yeah. And I just, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but it's always kind of stayed in my mind. Weirdly, sure. it was a movie that my mom really liked, and it's not the kind of movie my mom ever likes, and I think that kind of intrigued me. Um, but yeah, Cookie's Fortune, 1999. It's a fun little watch. If you want something light and you're just looking for something to pop on, you can find it streaming. Check it out. Um, it's, it's worth checking out for sure. That sounds really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I uh, I got nothing else. Uh, we uh, we're at a tight one hour thirty minutes right now. 
uh, we did which it. is, I think, pretty good. <laughs> and, uh, and we're going to come back soon. Hopefully, we'll get a, a, a one or two more in before the holidays. And we're also going to try to do a commentary soon-ish. Yes. Um, I've got some good ideas for one. But uh, we're just going to get our schedules together, you know, guys. Yeah. Um, Things are happening anyways, again. We, we don't, we don't make again. money doing this. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> if only we did. If only. <laughs> bringing if, you guys hey, a lot more content. if you know a way of making lots of money. I'm not talking about a few bucks. <laughs> Please write us. Yeah. Text us. Come see us you can show up at our doors i only get out of bed for <laughs> low six figures and we will so. truly put everything we have into this yeah. <laughs> this can be the one the one thing that we can do believe in us. the meantime let's play some not uh, cleared music like some music from dune hell yeah um, while we still can on, on the outro yeah while we still can once we're too big then we can't <laughs> Very do that soon. anymore hopefully yeah. 2022 anyways thanks guys for listening